Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, Payne and Pendergast into the 9 o'clock hour. Hey, quick reminder, we're going to be giving away Parker McCollum tickets sometime this hour. So be listening, four-pack of tickets to see uh, Houston's own Parker McCollum open up the rodeo in a few weeks over at NRG Stadium. All right, offensive coordinators. Um, Seth, you did a deep dive yesterday, finding names. I I did. uh, This is a problem. I don't know. I hesitate to say a deep dive just because when it comes to potential offensive coordinators, we might be looking at a pool of of hundreds. Uh, There are a lot of bright people out there that could be the next great offensive coordinator. But some of the buzzworthy names, it's – it's the trouble, man. You start looking into it, and you start thinking, like, yeah, this guy could be the next Nick Sirianni, couldn't he? Never didn't call plays under Frank Reich, but still, you know, you knew he had what it took. And uh, and now look at now look at what they've done with Jalen Hurts. So uh, I, it, it's it's intriguing. This is the thing with D'Amico. He's a defensive coach, so obviously that's the biggest hand wringing element is that. In this offensive league, how do you how do you get consistency when all these offensive coordinators get plucked up to be head coaches immediately? My my feeling is that the Kubiak Shanahan tree and a lot of their concepts on offense have almost become like a franchise. So just like it's just like it's a safer business model to build a McDonald's than it is to build your own independent restaurant mm-hmm. because you got to figure out so much stuff on your own. Um, I would say go ahead and pluck somebody from Coop Shanistan, which is what I will from now on call. Coop Shanistan. Uh, yes. Uh, Coop Shanistan, coach, is somebody that played in a – or learned in a uh, Kubiak Shanahan system. I'm tired of saying uh, he's familiar with a Kubiak Shanahan System and tree. It, it is a lot to say. It's a lot of words. Yeah. Yeah. So just Shanistan is a lot better. Coop Shanistan. I. Yeah. What are the stereotypes of a Coop Shanistani person? They don't have huge personalities. Okay. They feel like it's their job to put the players in the best position to succeed instead of just relying on the players to go out and whoop up on people. Yep. And because uh, there are look, there are NFL offensive coordinators who pretty much think they're geniuses because they say, hey, 
fast guys, line up out there and get open. And then guy with the football, throw it to him hard. Right. Uh, the old um, Jimmy's in the Cameron. Joes over the yeah. X's in the O's, man. It's a Cam Cameron style of coaching <laughs> offensive football, right? So the op- the uh, a Kubshanistani coach is the exact opposite. You want to use scheme to make it easier for the quarterback to scheme guys open. The two biggest names I see from the Kubshanistan nation, yeah. um, are Bobby Slowick, mm-hmm. who is the offensive passing game coordinator. With the 49ers. In 2021, he was the offensive passing game specialist. Uh, before that, he'd been an offensive assistant. But he's been in the league for about a decade. Um, and he's been a hot name. So uh, a Bobby Slowick type is uh, is somebody to keep an eye on. The guy who would be his counterpart with the Rams, I think, is Zach Robinson. Now, Zach Robinson is interviewing with the Ravens. He's He's been the quarterback's coach for the Rams for a few years now. He's interviewing the Ravens. People were wondering whether he was going to get the job with the Rams, but they went off and hired uh, old what's-his-face there, Kellen Moore, instead. Or no. no um, the Rams no, no, hired no, yeah. the other LaFleur. Yeah, yeah, LaFleur, Mike LaFleur. Mike LaFleur. Um, yeah, the Chargers hired. Chargers hired Moore, right. Yep. They, were, they were wondering if um, – yeah, so anyway. Uh, that's, a, that's an interesting one because I think with both those guys, D'Amico – uh, you know, obviously would have a familiarity with what they like to do or what they're going to want to do. And and honestly, if you look at what Kyle Shanahan has done with the defensive side of the ball there in San Francisco, they've been really good for the last four years on defense. He just keeps getting good coaches. And when Robert Sala leaves, he's got a D'Amico Ryans to take over for him. I think D'Amico needs to have the same philosophy. And if you keep guys from that same school, from McVay and Shanahan and all these other coaches in the league right now that are running a lot of these similar concepts, you've got a really big pool of guys that can come in and not have to change all the terminology and everything else for those for those players. Um, the Zach Robinson one is interesting. He, as you mentioned, um, quarterback's coach for the Rams, a previous quarterback coach for the Rams that went straight to head coaching, not just to O.C., is the head coach that lost in the AFC title game on um, on uh, Sunday? Zach Taylor. Zach yeah. Taylor was a he was the quarterbacks coach before Zach yeah. Robinson. They like hiring guys with the name Zach to be their quarterbacks coach. I like I know, Zach uh, Zach with no K, right? It's just Z. He's a Zach with no K. Yeah, Zach Robinson or H. He can't afford an H or a K. Right. That's he grew up. He grew up humble, and uh, I, I think the other good thing about him is that. He's had to deal with ups and downs with with their quarterbacks. I guess the one downside would be, okay, um, what what did Jared Goff not provide for you that Detroit thinks they can get out of him up there? Mm-hmm. If I were Zach Robinson, my answer would be, um, guys, are we really going to sit here and crown Detroit for having a 500 season? Is this is this what we're doing now? Is that your standard? Is that is that what we're trying to shoot for? Hell no. Jared Goff wasn't good enough, but you know who is? Bryce Young and or C.J. Stroud. Yes. But, but yes. God, no, not Anthony Richardson. So um, I, I think either of those guys would make a whole lot of sense. One of the hot names that wouldn't quite fit the Cube Shanistan tree um, or that prerequisite, except <laughs> that. that people are very impressed by him, yes. is Brian Johnson, the quarterback's coach for Philadelphia. Okay. He's, uh, he's somebody I had brought up back when – when the season was still going on, I said, man, you know what? One of my, no, it probably, I probably said this when there were those reports 
late in the season that Jonathan Gannon could be the Texans' next head coach. Yeah. Um, my thought was Gannon comes here, he's the head coach, and he brings Johnson with him. And I said it on this show. He's the quarterback's coach in Philadelphia, but he's from the same high school Clint went to. He's from yeah. the long lineage of great quarterbacks to come out of Baytown Lee. Clint Sterner, Brian Johnson, those other guys that played quarterback at Baytown Lee. But um, he, he's thought to be an up-and-comer, and he's been, you know, he's he's got the rub from the whole Jalen Hurts rise to prominence going right, on. Right, right. And that's where if you if you think about where the NFL is going and what can you do with the RPOs, uh, you know, which is the Eagles offense is very much a Jalen Hurts offense, and they've done great things kind of using this. It's the next generation of the Chip Kelly offense. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a spread RPO offense. They're just using it very effectively, and they're getting the absolute most out of Jalen Hurts in a way that, the, you know, the last generation of running athletic quarterbacks wasn't – the coaches kind of got stymied at a point. Defense is adjusted, and – a lot of coaches didn't know what to do after that. Greg Roman might be in that category. Yeah. Um, whereas with Brian Johnson working with Sirianni up there and with Shane Steichen, they seem to have unlocked a whole lot of, you know, obviously, and then credit to Jalen Hurts as well. I guess my biggest, my biggest question there would be it's, it's not really easy to find the Jalen Hurts equivalent in this draft, particularly for the Texans. If you take C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, those are not guys that you're going to want to run that same offense with. Um, so does that does that harm Brian Johnson? I mean, all the other parts about him as a coach, him as his the way he works with players and everything have been very. It's been very, very, very good feedback. So that just comes down to I guess D'Amico having a conversation with him. The other reports too is that Brian Johnson hasn't really entertained any of these other jobs until he finds out what Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator, is going to do because he'd like to stay in Philadelphia if he can. And then he gets bumped up if Steichen gets a job, and now yeah. he's calling plays for a guy who's an MVP candidate, not trying yeah. to build from the ground up with a, a rookie quarterback. That that was the thing about my initial plan of Gannon and Johnson coming here together that I always felt was kind of the hole in it was that, all right, well, I mean, if <laughs> Steichen's a big candidate also, Johnson may just want to stick around and be with a team that's Going sixteen and three, <laughs> you know, like it's yeah, it's kind yeah. of fun to win all those games. You mentioned Greg Roman's name too. That's a name that fans, I'm sure, are very familiar with because he constructed the offense that won Lamar Jackson an MVP award. It's Greg Roman in the mix for you. Greg Roman was on the staff here back when you were a player back in the day. He was, right? His first stint as a quarterbacks coach was with David Carr. Okay. Well, so don't base that's it not on helping. David Carr's success. <laughs> <laughs> that was his very first stint. I'll tell you, that was one of those things in the NFL that you sometimes don't get or understand. Where Greg Roman had been like a quality control guy, and I think an assistant tight ends coach, and all of a sudden he's in charge of the number one overall draft pick franchise quarterback Yep, is uh, a guy who had never coached quarterbacks before. Um, and uh, ultimately ended up, you know, being doing a very, very good job with Colin Kaepernick, Tyra Taylor for a little bit, and then Lamar Jackson. But I think the, the knock on Greg Roman and the question about him has always been, okay, he's been able to take some of these guys who are very athletic with big arms and really utilize their physical skills to the utmost, use their legs to set up shot plays with, uh, you know, with deep balls and all of that. But does he 
does he actually get them to the next level? Yeah. And that's why the Ravens decided to move on from him. I like the idea of Greg Roman perhaps as a run game coordinator. Okay. And I do think even if, if it's C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, I think there's still an element of, hey, let's bring in – you know, let, let's let's have the quarterback run be some part of this game, um, of this offense. You know, Bryce Young, you have to be very, very careful with it. But, um, like, they don't have to be the best athletes in the world to still be a threat as a runner. And if you have some design stuff, that would help. And I think Greg Roman would bring something to the table. But I don't think he's necessarily who you want working with either of those two guys as, a, he would as, be, the, as, as the guy to bring them into NFL passerdom. He would be somebody, Seth, that if they were to hire him as an offensive coordinator – might be a tell as to what they're thinking about this quarterback class in some ways. Am I over? Yeah. Am I overstating that? Because I feel like when Greg Roman gets brought up, I think I don't think of Stroud or Young. To your point, I think of Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, the other, right. the next two quarterbacks yeah. who probably fit physically and talent wise, skill wise, more what a Greg Roman offense might look like. And, and that just makes me want to go back to taking somebody from Kubshanistan. Kubshanistan, yes, yeah, because. I, like, am I really going to hire an offensive coordinator based on this quarterback that I have right now? And then, okay, what happens if this offensive yeah. coordinator gets plucked or if we go on to a different quarterback? I, I love I love the idea of just the franchise restaurant offensive system where you can – if you get trained at one McDonald's, you can go and be the manager at another McDonald's pretty easily because they're, uh, because everything's the same for the most part. And and that's where I veer away from that. That's where that's a knock against Brian Johnson um, on me right now. Is that nothing to do with Brian Johnson himself? It's just that it's he's not necessarily from the scheme that I want to borrow from. Okay, let me throw a wild card at you. Who you and I talked about during the break? It's yeah. it's probably the most familiar name. Definitely the most familiar name out of all the ones we just talked about. It's a name that John McClain has brought up as a possibility, uh, depending on what the head coach wants to do. He was just. Fired as a head coach in Arizona, and to our knowledge, he's sitting in a hammock in Thailand somewhere right now. Yeah. Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. Who knows what he's doing in Thailand right now? What is it? What time is it over there? Is it like 12 hours difference? Is it like 10, what, what, what time is it? Um, what so yeah, is yeah, it yeah, in Google, Google what time it is so we know what Cliff Kingsbury is So we doing. know if he might be listening. It's 10.13 p.m. right now. Oh, so he probably just hit the club, or is that a little early for him? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the pr- kids go out to the clubs these days. I don't know, but I just watched the movie I, Swingers this past week, and I know that's the late yeah. 90s, but the kids who are in that Hollywood scene, which Kingsbury probably is, they yeah. like to brag about how they go to like little house parties at 10 and 11, and then they really don't go to the bars till like 1230 or 1 o'clock in the morning. Okay. So he's probably just getting ready right now. In he's probably just waking up. Maybe. Maybe. So... Yeah, this notion that somehow Cliff Kingsbury is a good offensive coordinator in the NFL is, is it needs to die immediately uh, because he's not. Um, that that was a, a a simplistic, primitive offense they were running out there in Arizona. Um, it was maybe a notch above what you might run in college, but not anything that's going to fool NFL defenses. And uh, certainly – not be the best thing for a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young. So, hell no, hell, hell, hell no, never, ever, ever, ever should Cliff Kingsbury be the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans um, until he until he decides to actually buckle down and learn something about the NFL. Yeah, I <laughs> okay, two things. One, we don't even know if Cliff Kingsbury is a good football coach. 
Like he 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 was he wasn't a good football coach at Texas Tech. He had Patrick Mahomes on his team, and he finished sub five hundred. Um, he got Patrick Mahomes drafted outside the top ten. Exactly, exactly. Um, he he wasn't good at Arizona, uh, and I, you know, like I I'd have to go back and look at the offenses he coordinated at the collegiate level. I, you know, it's a, it was well, good. No, they scored a lot of points. The defenses were just always atrocious. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they were. They were. He, that's why people have the the problem with the air raid. The, a lot of these air raid coaches is that they think that they're like brilliant offensive minds or something. Right. But then when you talk to the actual quarterbacks that play at these schools, they're like, ah, they pretty much just, they line everybody up and then you throw to the really fast guys. Yeah. That's pretty much what, and then if you screw up, they say, oh, you should have done it that way. It's not freaking rocket science. No. So no, he's not, Pat Mahomes, like Pat Mahomes' offensive knowledge compared to Sean Watson and some of the other guys coming out that year was just so elementary and basic that Mahomes basically had to like take remedial football classes to get up to the level of guys like Deshaun Watson. Yep. Um, and it's because that's – Cliff Kingsbury is not an offensive genius. He's not. Just everybody stop it with that nonsense. My God. Second thing is I've heard, I've heard folks say, McLean being chief among them, that – well, when D'Amico gets hired or any of these coordinators who've never been a head coach, it'll make sense for them to have a, a former head coach on their staff to give them advice, and they can, you know, they, they can use them as a consigliere and go to them for their thoughts on things. I don't want that person. I know that if D'Amico were to hire Cliff Kingsbury, that wouldn't be the case. But can you imagine if, like, if that was the driving reason for getting Cliff Kingsbury on the staff? Well, I feel like I needed somebody with some head coaching experience that I could bounce things off of. You know, things like, can you imagine going to Cliff Kingsbury, like if you're D'Amico Ryans and you're looking for advice on how to put your first slew of training camp practices together to Cliff oh. Kingsbury, noted <laughs> noted country club practicer? <laughs> Cliff's, Cliff's advice would be, um, I noticed here on the schedule that you guys are still at the facility at 11.30 a.m.? <laughs> I mean, yes. hi, Grandpa. I mean, what the hell? I mean, what are we? Are we fighting World War II here? Are we? Are we trying to create the nuclear bomb? What the hell's going on? <laughs> what do you think this is, Kubshanistan? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just looking at DVOA, where Arizona hasn't been above 13th in DVOA. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, I don't know if he's a good years. football coach. <laughs> yeah. people, you should get Cliff. Oh, his offenses are exciting. He's a really good offensive coach. Based on what? <laughs> Based on what? All right. Yeah, honestly, if D'Amico came in and it, like if D'Amico had come in and told that told Casario that his plan was to go out and get Cliff Kingsbury as the offensive coordinator, that would have been the end of the interview. Yeah, I think it should have been. been. Yeah, yeah. it should. It would have been. been like, hey, what's your plan for defense? Well, I got a list. Here's Cliff Kingsbury. Right. I'd be like, all right. Um, gosh, you know what? We've got uh, we've got we've got to go get cheesesteaks for lunch. So why don't you uh, get back on the flight home? <laughs> and then D'Amico goes, "Have you been to Lefties? Oh, now you're really done with the interview. Okay, now we're really done. Now, now I'm going to tell you the truth. You're not a candidate for the job anymore. All right. Um, be listening a little later on this hour. Parker McCollum tickets a four pack of them. We're going to be giving away. Um, up next, a little Astros talk. Michael Brantley. Michael Brantley, uh, Mark Berman caught up with Michael Brantley down at Reggie Jackson's uh, charity golf event down in Florida. And Brantley, who is a key player for the Astros in the upcoming season and a key signing uh, this offseason, gave an update on where he is in his injury rehab process. Will he be ready for opening day? We'll hear from Michael Brantley next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, we're going to be giving away the next four-pack of Parker McCollum tickets between now and the end of this segment. So be listening for your chance to win a four-pack to the first night of the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. Michael Brantley is in Florida with a bunch of the Astros, a bunch of Pro Football Hall of Famers. John McClain is down there at Jim Crane's uh, golf club down there, the Floridian. There's a big charity golf tournament for Reggie Jackson's foundation down there, I believe it is, and uh, Mark Berman's down there too. They did a ton of interviews with guys. Berman caught up with Michael Brantley, and Brantley... A lot of people are wondering about that shoulder. How's things going with the injury rehab process, Michael Brantley? Yeah, I'm doing great. Um, following the process, following the schedule that we have planned out. Uh, all is going well. I'm excited where I'm at. Uh, I've been hitting, running, throwing, so uh, I'm very excited where I'm at in this process. All right, the big question, though. The always electric Michael Brantley. <laughs> right. He'd be a perfect Coop Shanistanian. He's got that personality, I think. Just uh, uh, straightforward. Straightforward, like business-like. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah, I guess I never thought of that way. Well, Kubiak, because he's so he's he comes off so laid back, but he's very no nonsense yes. in a laid back way. Yep. Shanahan, very no nonsense. <laughs> Except if he's roasting John McClain and then Kubiak's hysterical. It's basically an yeah. the improv. He's he's hilarious. Yeah. Um, Michael Brantley, will you be ready for opening day? I mean, that's always the plan, right? That's what I'm working so hard towards. Be out there with my guys and the teammates that are working really hard as well. Uh, but at the same time, you got to see. I mean, I understand I'm, you know, at the end of this process of, of rehabbing, but uh, there's still a couple more hurdles I have to face, and I already, stand, I already know that going in. But as I said, uh, everything has went well so far, and I'm very excited, you know, how I feel physically. I think, um, you know, I think obviously the uh, the obvious answer to that is, duh, yeah, I'm, I'm planning on opening day, but... I think guys have been pretty honest with the Astros about that stuff, um, notably Justin Verlander, who last year, you know, 
basically told everybody two months ahead of opening day that he was probably going to be a half. He was a half week or a week behind schedule. He had it all so dialed in, and then the lockout kind of disrupted it a little bit to where he would have been ready for opening day. This is Verlander, but he had to push it back a little bit because they they kind of pushed the schedule along. So with with Brantley. I f- I'm not nervous at all about whether he does or does not start opening day. I I feel like um, every moment we spend with him is a bonus, Sean. <laughs> and it's but it is a matter of look. Last year, despite all kinds of criticism for it early in the season, the load management paid off at the end of the season. We've seen in various years where the Astros either didn't make it to the World Series or perhaps underperformed in the World Series because they were so banged up. And last year, the load management really, really helped. I think with Brantley this year, you uh, can use him as carefully and judiciously as, as you need to. Yeah, Brantley was, the only, Brantley was the only real casualty that I can think of last year in terms of you know a medical issue that prevented him from playing in the postseason. Um, not only did they have their full complement of the rest of their guy, if I'm missing somebody, text in 713-572-4610. Um, they not only they had their full complement of guys, but they none of them were going in banged up. You know, Bregman the year before had a wrist injury and he's had hamstring issues. And Altuve went into the postseason in 2018 with a a knee issue that ended up needing needing surgery like 12 hours after the postseason ended for them. So yeah, I was I was somebody. I don't know if critical is the right word. I was frustrated probably by Dusty's lineups um, throughout the season when guys were yeah. missing. I was more frustrated. Not that he was doing it, but things that he was doing within those lineups, like batting Mauricio Dubon leadoff because he was replacing Jose Altuve that day. You don't have to do that. They don't have to go in the ex- second baseman doesn't have to bat leadoff. It can be other guys. But anyways, um, Brantley will be a guy you really need to load manage this year. For you know sure. who was hurt. You know who was hurt last year that um, <laughs> was not a big conscious loss, and yet there's an emotional loss for it for me. It was was Josh James. Yeah. I, I just remember answering the question every couple weeks. Somebody was like, hey, where's Josh James? I say, he's, uh, he's with the Astros. He's with the Astros. Yeah. Uh, it just never – he got that sleep apnea fixed. Yeah. And it seemed like he was on the verge of just uh, becoming a force of destruction yep. because his velocity increased by like five miles per hour. And then that just kind of – it just kind of fizzled out. So – and he's no longer – now he is a free agent. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, that was I, – I was always – I was always holding out for like Josh James to be the other guy that shows up out of nowhere that nobody was prepared for, you know, like the the Javier type where where people like he's not, he's not really on the stat sheet because he doesn't have that many appearances, but but he shows up in the postseason and crushes people with electric yeah. stuff, as they like to say. Yeah, Javier. I wonder if Javier Javier has been insulted by a lot of the preseason publications. By his absence, as has Framber Valdez. I think Framber, Framber not being mentioned in Cy Young discussions and everything is peeved. Coming into this season? Yeah. They, they, yeah. Is it, Seth, is it what we would call disrespect? It's disrespect. Yep. We're about and that. I'm sick of the disrespect. Always. And so is Framber, I'll tell you. <laughs> I thought about Framber a lot the other night when I was at the Houston Sports Awards because I was sweating so much. I was like, oh boy, somebody's gonna accuse me of somebody's accuse me of like trying to doctor the mic or something because I'm sweating so much. Yeah. Like, oh, look at what, what's this shiny substance on his forehead that he keeps rubbing? It's sweat, you sons of. Excuse my language. Framber and Urquidy. Urquidy's Urquidy's forearms sweat. 
crazy. Like glistening. Is he as sweaty as Framber? His forearms are oddly sweaty. I I, I don't know why. It's I'm fixing... because they're so short. Yeah, so there's I'm less very... there's less surface area. I don't <laughs> think he sweats anymore. I'm very. He's just fixated. like Tyrannosaurus Rex had notoriously sweaty forearms yes. as well. Yeah, yeah, that's what we've heard. That's why yeah. you're so angry all the time? <laughs> the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah, not yes. Arkady. Arkady's no, a not Arkady. Gosh, no. He's no, a delight. He's never angry. Um, you had mentioned. Uh, at the end of last segment, bad answers that D'Amico could have given to questions in the interview. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now we've got people texting some of those in. I'm, I'm here for those, by the way. If you want to text in bad interview answers, um, this is the Trailer Will and Frame uh, text page. Two nine two eight. OMG, bad interview answers. First question I gave to prospective associate youth minister. Question was, what makes you passionate about serving students? Total layup question to get the combo started. His answer began with, well, I wouldn't say I'm passionate about youth ministry. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. I, you know what? Boy, that's a tough one, man. Uh, that is a really tough one because when you're interviewing for a position uh, in the clergy, yeah. I would imagine that's the last place you're going to try to tell a little white lie. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure plenty do. But uh, I don't know, man. I think maybe you should have you should have given him a check plus for that one. Probably. I admire your honesty. Yeah, that the is Lord honest. The Lord smiles down on you for that. He's not so lying now, to get the job. I will reward slash punish you by having you work with children. Right, so, right. <laughs> oh, uh, people mentioning Phil Maton, of course, an yeah. injury right before right before the playoffs because he lost to his brother and punched the locker. Punched the locker. I, th- I think the punching the locker and breaking the hand was cover for the fact that I don't think he was going to be on the postseason roster anyways, Philip Maton. There, we know there was going to be a sacrificial lamb in the bullpen. <laughs> that was so weird. And he punched the- well, of him of all people. like he. Well, uh, yeah, but remember, I called it. Yeah. I called it because yeah. he's the older brother. Yeah. The yeah, older brother did. is the one. And when they did their interviews together and when I would watch it, Maytown's always got that super serious look. Usually I'm a younger brother to an older brother. And what usually happens is the younger brother has no clue that there's that sibling rivalry is even a thing. Right. And yet the older brother needs to be better than the younger brother. Yeah. So when the older, so when Phil Maton Sr., the older brother, uh, beat his younger brother, the younger brother was probably like, cool, that was fun. Meanwhile, Phil Maton was just seething inside, and he had to take it out on the poor locker. Yeah. Boy, a lot of people bringing up Maton's name for sure. Um, also, one texter, and this popped into my head, too. Um, it's a miracle they won the World Series without Jason Castro. It really is. Uh, and his the, bat off the bench. The pinch hitter. Pinch hitter from, extraordinaire who I would put yeah. in the circle of trust on the regulars. The pinch hitter that needed to be starting because everybody just extrapolated his pinch hitting numbers. Uh, I can't believe you're not starting this guy who's never actually been a good hitter yes. in the in the. In the World Series. Yes. Team Castro, <laughs> no, you, man. None of you deserve the Astros except for me. I don't none run, of you. I don't run from my love for Castro yeah. at all. At all. I embrace uh, it. So, more advice for questions, yeah. answers to questions in interviews. Just answer every question with your expected salary. <laughs> Tell us about yourself. Uh, $200,000. Where, uh, where are you from? <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> I see you went to Notre Dame. What was that like? Uh, $200,000. It, uh, it was a good experience. A learning experience. $200,000. That's great. Yeah. A little subliminal. Um, <laughs> all right, let's, uh, let's give away the Parker McCollum tickets here. 713-572-4610. Caller number five, going to win a four-pack of tickets to go see the great Parker McCollum at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, February 28th. That is, I believe, 
uh, three weeks or four weeks from today. 713-572-4610. Caller number five, four-pack of Parker McCollum tickets. Keep listening all day long for more chances to win. Two chances during In the Loop, which is Landry Locker and Wade Smith today. And two chances during the drive with Sterner and Hughley, which I believe today is Sterner and Hughley. All right. 713-572-4610. Lines are ringing right now. All right. Final, final segment coming up. Hey, this time a year ago, we were on the cusp of possibly having Josh McCown as the head coach of this football team. I've got audio of life imitating art or art imitating life. What's the saying? Either one. Something's about to get imitated right here in the final segment <laughs> of the show. <laughs> Stay there. Wait, where am I? Who is this guy? Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you. Final segment. We'll find out what the guys got going on on In the Loop. It is a Landry Locker, Wade Smith joint today. That'll be cool having Wade Smith in. I love John Lopez, but Wade Smith, the former teammate of D'Amico Ryan's during the uh, last couple years yeah. of D'Amico's career here. I'm sure Wade's got perspectives on D'Amico that have not been articulated on these airwaves yet. Yeah. Okay. You know what? We should talk to. Uh, Write this down, okay. So I don't forget. <laughs> like, like I can't write something down. I'm licking the tip um, <laughs> of the pen, like you said, it looks stupid. Yeah. Okay. So D'Amico is, um, like, I, I don't know. I, how do I phrase this? I hate to phrase these things this way because it almost ends up being a jinx against them somehow. Mm-hmm. But he's a very like D'Amico's always been just a, a family man, like just very straightforward. Not a whole lot of like danger or anything to him very uh he's a man of faith he has a uh, a foundation for children he's a very whole you're not wholesome i'll say wholesome is uh the word i'll use okay so my question would be one of the guys that we didn't uh, that we didn't bring up as potential offensive coordinators but that have been um bandied about a little bit Chris Forrester. Mm. Chris Forrester is the offensive line coach for the 49ers. And um, he's been held back a little in his career, perhaps by the fact that he was infamously caught on video doing cocaine uh, as he was talking to a, a dancer, possibly more even of an adult entertainer in Las Vegas that he knew. Right. Uh, it's been a little bit of a PR hit for the guy. Yeah, I feel like with Chris Forrester, if he were to come as an offensive coordinator, um, I feel like with with D'Amico kind of smoothing the way for him and talking about just you know it, when when the question comes up, talking about how Forrester has worked to rehabilitate his image and himself and all those things, I feel like it becomes less of an issue as perhaps if I don't know Lane Kiffin came in and brought. Chris Forrester with him. I will say, or, if, or Cliff Kingsbury came in and brought Chris Forrester with him. If he were right, that was, then you go like, oh, that's his running buddy right there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will say that if that were to happen, it would probably be a fair indicator as to how much 
power D'Amico has in the building <laughs> initially. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Would it be power though? I guess I don't know. It's um, I because it is something that happened like a ten years ago now with Chris Forrester, the offensive line coach. No, I get it. And it's I, it, it, he's not working with kids. He's working with adults. He's not. It was a really dumb, really dumb moment. Was, but it's uh, he, you know, he's but it's yeah, typically something that the Texans have shied away from. Right. Right. And then you know, and the Bible preaches forgiveness of sins and things like that. Yeah. Right. No, I think he's not actively out there doing this stuff. It. That's I why I don't I, I don't it. see where the objection would be yeah. from the Texans themselves. Bob McNair himself said that they would take a guy who'd maybe smoked a little marijuana. Okay. And that was before it was the that was before it was largely legal everywhere except <laughs> Texas. I don't think they're on the verge of legalizing <laughs> cocaine. That's the one problem. I, I, I feel like I feel like cocaine and heroin are going to be legal before actual marijuana in Texas. Right. <laughs> oh, okay. So what exactly did you want me to write down? <laughs> Uh, whether Wade thinks, I don't know. Eh, never mind. There's no question there. That was just my I, dude. I was, I, you saw me. I'm sitting here with my pen right next to the paper. Me, uh, going yeah. on. I don't know what I'm supposed to write. I just down. wanted to ask Wade about it. Like, what do you oh, think about Chris okay. Forrester? Because he's an offensive line coach. Got too. you. Okay. So in okay. Chris Forrester, you know, who knows? He may have, a, he, he may have coached Wade at some point. Okay. Wade's old as dirt too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just like us. <laughs> just like us. Exactly. Um, Donna and Hugh. Houston, congrats on winning the Parker McCollum tickets. Way to go. Your next chance to win. Listeners will be uh, sometime during In the Loop. I'll let Landry decide when they're giving their tickets away. But they've got two four-packs of tickets to give away to Parker McCollum. Life imitating art. Mark Vandermeer sent this to me yesterday. Vandy, I thank you very, very much for this. Um, We know that Josh McCown was on the verge of becoming, possibly becoming the Texans head coach this time last year. D'Amico Ryan's now on the verge of becoming the Texans head coach today. Here was D'Amico Ryans in 2007 intercepting Josh McCown. McCown back to pass, throws over the middle, and D'Amico picks this one off inside the five-yard line, and he's down at the six. So D'Amico gets his interception anyway, and the Texans will take over deep in their territory. He had one called back earlier in that game in 2007. Um, D'Amico Ryans intercepting the Texans head coaching job. From Josh McCown. Kind Wait, where of. am I? Who is this guy? Kind of. I wish Josh McCown w- had actually gotten the job last year and then was getting fired this year, and then there was a highlight of D'Amico Ryan's like strip sack fumbling Josh McCown. Like, he's literally stealing the job away from you right there. Yeah. Yeah, the job that uh, we're not even sure that Josh McCown ever wanted. He's as of yet has not accepted another full-time coaching job anywhere. Um, <laughs> this he... remains one of the strangest things that's ever happened in sports. I like I've said with, like I've said with Tony Romo, Sean, or honestly, D'Amico Ryan's like D'Amico is a guy who took the coaching very, very well. And yet, you know, when he retired from football, he wasn't, hundred percent certain that, you know, that he would take the coaching. He had to think about it and then get a job and be a grad assistant and, and figure out whether he even wanted to coach or be a coach and live that life in that lifestyle. Um, so Josh McCown was just going to skip all that and go straight to being a head coach. That's a part of it. I don't doubt that he's a super smart guy and everybody seems to love Josh McCown, but it's the whole just, I, I don't. I. It was strange to me that people who work in the NFL wouldn't realize like 
that that life is not for everybody. Maybe it's because they're so in it that they don't realize, like, oh, yeah, there are a lot of people that don't want to work 18-hour days or at least might think that they do, but once they get into it, um, they actually hate it, Like, which could easily be Josh McCown, and that's nothing against him as a person or anything. It's just first proof that you can actually go. It's like making somebody a Navy SEAL without even going through basic training. Yeah. Like, boy, I hear you're a good shot. I hear you're a good shot, and you uh, MacGyvered your way out of a pickle with your vehicle. You're a Navy SEAL now. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't acknowledge that it's a hard job. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. It's a really hard job. Um, Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, on a Tuesday. Uh, D'Amico week continues. Landry Locker jumping in studio here right now. What's going on? How Landry? you living? How you living? We're good, man. We're good. We're just... Uh, Waiting for those plumes of white smoke to come out the top of NRG Stadium. Yeah, I'll say today, 4.35. You think so? That'd be, yeah, think that'd so? be my late, late today, huh? Yeah, 4.35. 4.35. Okay. 4.35 o'clock, something like that. Who breaks Pope it? Pope gets announced. Sean, you brought this up earlier, the white smoke thing. You know, yeah. that's when they announce a new Pope. I didn't realize they always do it on the same date. It's March something or other. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I didn't know that either. Landry, did you know that Sean is the world's worst Catholic? I knew that was coming. <laughs> I, I did not. I did not know that. And I'll be honest, he might be such a bad Catholic. I didn't even know he was Catholic. <laughs> well, I, I mean, went to a Catholic university and grew up. Yeah, Catholic. but you don't have to be Catholic to go to Notre Dame. You don't. Like, not everyone's you, no, Catholic. No, no, my roommate. No. Both both my roommates were non-Catholics. It, it is only like ten percent of the student population there, but. No, you don't have to be. It's only ten percent Catholic. When I was there, no, ten percent non-Catholic. No, it's oh, when I was oh, there, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ironically, I had two roommates that weren't Catholic, and it was not represented. Is that frowned upon? Percentages? What? Not being Catholic? Like, is your is your household like in college? Is it frowned upon if you're not? Not at, at all. Notre Dame. No, like, not. And I did. I mean, I didn't frown upon it. I don't know how other people felt. I didn't well, you're care. not. A, you're not a diehard Catholic. I'm so. not a diehard Catholic. No, I'm a, I'm a casual Catholic. As casual as it gets, according 2%, to two percent, as they'd say at A and M. Two percent. Yes. I knew as soon as Seth I, asked the question, this is going to get thrown as a, a log on top of the Sean is a horrible Catholic fire. <laughs> I just no. It's not even. Uh, there's certain things about just being Catholic that aren't that don't even have to do with theology or anything. There's just some of the customs of the church and everything. I I was always fascinated by it because I'm just a, a Presbyterian Methodist myself, and I, I was always intrigued by the ritual of the Catholic Church. I loved going to a church with my Catholic friends because, A, it was so short, um, and B, because of all the fun little routines you got to do. Hey. So I, uh, I, I'm always disappointed when you can't tell me about these little routines. <laughs> hey, they, they make up for it being short, though, if you go to a Catholic wedding. Yes. Like, they, they make up for it, <laughs> that and ever. more, if you go to a Catholic wedding. I think if... If I were you, Seth, and, and, and Lopez was, was an, an alleged bad Catholic, I would put together a how bad of a Catholic are you like test for Sean tomorrow. <laughs> like a Catholic <laughs> test. Like let's let's see how bad of a Catholic he is. That's a good suggestion. It won't, now that I'm writing down. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna like try to you know, I'm not gonna test you on Bible knowledge no. or anything like that. It'll all be just about traditions of the Catholic Church. That sounds fair. No, it, here, and well here's the other thing about the rituals. The rituals are what turned me off about it. Because I felt oh, like, yeah. you, well, you stand in the church and everybody's just kind of, they're all reciting the Lord's Prayer, but they're doing it like they're they're droning, like they've all had a lobotomy, like, our Father who art in heaven. I'm like, they're there's, not feeling there's it. no sincerity going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. That was that was what turned turned me off about it. Um, now, as far as the length of this, the various services. The wedding, man. The wedding's out of control. The wedding's out of control. Now, at Notre Dame, each dorm had a chapel in it. 
So there were yeah. various masses going on on sa- Sunday, and you can pick whichever one you want to go to that fit with your time. The one to go to was in a dorm called Pangborn. They called it the Pangborn Express. BOC to go, Body of Christ to go, the communion. It was like 15 minutes. You basically walked in. They did a reading. They hand you the wafer, and you're, <laughs> boom, you're out to the commons and Bridgets and go drinking, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about the uh, the lack of emotion. Like, when my, my Uncle Bob died, he'd converted to Catholicism because his wife was Catholic. And my Uncle Bill, who's hilarious, got up to, to speak. And, you know, they basically tell him, like, hey, listen, here – here at Catholic Town, we don't like a whole lot of freelancing <laughs> yes. with this stuff. So I was like, I was waiting for some awesome stories from my Uncle Bill, and it was like, I, it was like he was uh, at the Inquisition himself getting uh, put on the rack. Yeah, like he couldn't do anything. They just they, they 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 gagged him, and he couldn't say anything. Yeah, it's tricky, yeah. man. I don't begrudge it. I'm just saying it like it wasn't like not everything's for me when it comes to that whole. The, the whole ritual. So, Landry, what do you got going on on the show today? So, we got a lot. We got Wade Smith in in the building. Uh, we're going to answer the question. If it hadn't been D'Amico, who would you have wanted? Uh, Wade has reasons why D'Amico's the right guy. None of them have anything to do with him being a former player. John McClain's going to join the show. Uh, we're going to have like a haters ball because because Wade has a hot take. He said that oh. Jalen Hurts is the most likable Super Bowl quarterback ever. Ever. So we're going to put oh. him against some of the recent quarterbacks, and I'm going to say, are they more likable than Jalen Hurts? We're going to have a little haters ball at one o'clock. One o'clock. Okay, so you're not going to run that through the McLean ringer. You're going to you're nah, just going to throw nah. that out there. Okay, gotcha. Now nah, gotcha. we know we know McLean will say Dan Pastorini, even though he wasn't in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Should have been. <laughs> Let me tell you about Jake the Snake. <laughs> right? Too. Yeah. Well, we're at it. <laughs> Danny Stabler. All right. Uh, Seth, antibodies to you, my friend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Kenny Stabler, the snake as well. Uh, antibodies to you. And uh, sounds like a fantastic show. I uh, very much look forward to uh, In the Loop. In the Loop today. Yes, indeed. It'll be Landry Locker and Wade Smith uh, and Figgy Fig. All of you, antibodies to the rest of you as well, and we will see you hopefully, maybe, with a new head football coach tomorrow at 6 a.m. Have a great day, everybody. I would say go ahead and pluck somebody from Kupshanistan. Antibodies to you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 